watching We Heart Therapy, the special series EFT Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Annabelle Bugatti, licensed marriage and family therapist and certified EFT supervisor and therapist here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. We're welcoming back to our show one of our favorite EFT trainers, Jim Thomas. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he is the head of EFT in Denver in Colorado in the United States. And he is just really one of our favorite most favorite trainers and we've done a few videos on the channel if you haven't caught them yet uh, make sure that you do see those and what we're going to talk about today actually is how to apply EFT to your personal life or to your life outside of session basically uh, how to practice what you preach both in and out of session and so thank you again Jim for being back on our show oh thank you for having me and what a lovely introduction and I appreciate it and I, I enjoy uh, chatting with you it's nice to it's really folks like we're going to have a, a sort of informed uh, vulnerable dialogue between we're two people who are asking this question of ourselves to not yeah. perhaps sort of the experts on how to do it but like that's right we're in the midst of it too and yeah and i think so, it's an under if this is under thought of and under addressed and stuff and it has aspects of like therapist self self-care mm -hmm. who are we out in like the social political world can we be um should we be are we supposed to be um yeah and, and also i think i hope we touch on in our time together mm -hmm. how we think about our professional relationships mm -hmm. like community and stuff um mm -hmm. what does our model have to teach us about that and oh and where does it make sense to go outside of a therapy model right That's to think right. about like a relationship that has uh, professional aspects to it yeah so in this way we're sort of going to like try to step inside the model and embody our core values and sort of try to use it from the inside out you know usually we're on the outside helping a client do this but you know and part of the way this came up for me i it really, and this goes across a lot of different dynamics, whether it's having a spirited conversation on Facebook between, you know, two EFTers who have very different political views, or, you know, I've heard therapists go to like trainings and say, oh, this is our values for EFT, but how come I see so-and-so in leadership not using these skills? Because this whole thing like blew up and fell apart or needing to have a vulnerable conversation with your own supervisor or a supervisee or difficult colleagues that you come into contact with. Um, you know, how do we really be able to, you know, so what really the first initiate on this for me was, you know, having to have a conversation with a supervisor um, in EFT and saying, you know, being able to bring up something vulnerable, right? Because I was at an event and got what looked like a rejection cue. You know, it was the very mm. like that critical oh, look, that you know, the viper death stare, and I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah, the god, same ouch, the same initial appraisal, yes. and you know, the yes. bodily response of uh, perception right. of and, and like right. Magda Arnold's emotion model, and I'm in it. Yeah, so then I'm recognizing I get really anxious and, you know, right. I, I want to repair and sometimes I don't always trust my repair that it was good enough. That's that anxious, anxious attachment. But you, you wanted to repair feeling rejected? Well, I wanted, I, so first off, 
my initial response getting anxious was to get really defensive and a little bit pissed. Honestly, I was pissed. And I was like, hey, wait a second, you're, you know, you're, this is before I became a supervisor. So they were sort of, you know, what I would consider a mentor, somebody who was in leadership over me. And, and it was just felt so hurt. And I just, you know, I have very sensitive um, cues to rejection from, uh, you know, um, I guess you would say figures that I consider mentors. Right, um, this would be, if we just pause for a moment, because mm -hmm. I don't want to take you off of this, but I think it sounds like you're, you're, you have some emotional self-awareness and stuff, so I won't yeah. distract you too much from the, what you're saying, but to give some frame here for folks, mm -hmm. One of the things you're talking about here from the um, person of therapist training, you know, Harry Ponte's uh, material would be like a signature theme. Mm -hmm. I, I have, I, Annabelle, have this signature theme around, I'm, I'm very sensitive to rejection cues from people, you know, and probably this, I'm guessing, you don't have to open up to authority figures. <laughs> yes, this could also include, you know, parents and family or times when you need your partner or something to be wiser and stronger and you yes. feel too yeah, yeah I thought you know you're my mentor and but yeah I think the so one is just if we don't get to it, it we'll, we'll come back mm -hmm. to it is this is I think a very useful thing and you our use of self and our understanding of self mm -hmm. is that we have these signature signature themes around vulnerability mm -hmm. um, and signature strengths, you know, that, right. that we keep going back to, and the wonder of sort of when our signature vulnerabilities right. flip into being signature strengths as a therapist and a person. But right. a other thing I want to comment on is well, that you had a real ouch, right? You had like yeah. a this is the thing where we therapists aren't immune to this in the office when a client suddenly turns and says this therapy is BS today. We need tools. You're worthless. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm at a workshop or something or in a discussion and I get a look or something and I don't know how to read it or, or maybe something more direct Ouch. to, yeah, I'm on Facebook and I'm just enjoying myself in social media and suddenly somebody's saying you're stupid. You know, which mm -hmm. we do on Facebook. Somehow on social media, we, yes. we treat people like in ways we never would sitting around having coffee. Right. That's right. That's right. And I think, you know, part of knowing the model and what we teach is when we're with the client is we try to help the client own their moves. So part of my stepping in the model, especially in this case and across the different dynamics where it's pinged was understanding my own fight or flight responses. Like, okay, what's happening inside of me and why did this happen? Oh, I got a cue and the cue was this potential rejection. So I'm appraising it and instantly noticing my, you know, my threat cue and saying, how could this person who's, who I respect so much not see that they were being so hurtful? But then also I stepped into their shoes in the model and said, what do I know? What does EFT and attachment teach us about behavior? Oh, maybe they felt threatened. And that's oh my gosh, that's, that's brilliant. This is, this is wonderful. You went from like EFIT, as Sue yeah. might say, you know, you did, you know, she'd have her accent, you fit, you know, um, <laughs> where it's like emotionally focused individual therapy, you kind of, yes. you said, hey, what's happening to me here? And it's okay, I can have some compassion for myself. I have these raw spots around rejection. Um, it's, and it's in like, just like a, a healthy couples and families, they start often with an anchor, you know, 
there's some hurt or something, disappointment, and like anger comes so fast. And right. so explode yourself down and at some point. I love that. That's brilliant. You said, so could I put myself, you know, in, in their shoes, in yeah. their shoes and, and then you were able to, which is really nice. It shows some yeah. flexibility, right? That maybe yeah. they threaten somehow. And, okay. and when I was able to do that, it a lot shifted inside of me and I felt a lot more relaxed. And that's where I really felt like I embodied EFT was, you know, we're trying to teach people how to how to see each other right and we know that when people react in a way that's hurtful it's often because they're hurting or they're getting a danger cue and that doesn't necessarily mean that I you know that doesn't invalidate the hurt that I felt and that we can't deal with it but it's also to understand that sometimes I also think that we have this perception that our mentors or our peers or people we think are an authority in the field are immune to imperfection or their own humanness and they also get rejection cues and it never occurred to me before that a trainer for example could actually receive threat cues from little old joe schmo oh <laughs> yeah yeah. Actually, yeah oh so i can I tell you honestly you know i'm presenting and things and there's a part of me you know, it makes sense with this amygdala and other parts of our emotional brain scanning the environment is this good or bad, scary or safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the hardest in the trainer role is when it's felt really good and really safe and you feel really, you know, you're, you're with people and there's, you know, 20 or 30 or 60 or whatever many people or of course skills or something and it's feeling and then boom, out of no, you know, for that me or that trainer you know out of the blue comes a like arg you know or or can't believe you said that or you're you're that was you know or you know and then things like you know really you know serious things like that felt you know sexist what you said or something that was so you're so critical of pursuers or so critical withdrawers or you don't understand this kind of couple and yeah so that that's a that's really quite you know powerful and lovely that you you, you could slow down and say, what about that person? And I call it pet, pedestalizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I have to own my tendency, right, of putting, going all the way back, you know, a little kid, mm-hmm. putting their parents on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in college, my favorite professor went up on a pedestal. I only had her for mm-hmm. a semester, so she never fell off. You know, that was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she stayed yeah. on the pedestal. She's still up there, right? Didn't get yeah. to know her well enough for her to disappoint mm-hmm. me, right? Um, to like, yeah, we, I mean, I'm at, you know, I just think sometimes, what's the pressure on Sue? Mm-hmm. She's trying yeah. to meet the needs of some, you know, 5,000 members of ICEPT or somewhere, how many it is nowadays, and how many hundreds of people that come to trainings, and and then she has to communicate, like, via email and things. And is she trying to talk? You know, I'm just saying, hey, as family, here's where I'm kind of at. Versus mm-hmm. do I have to, like, be careful because it's a, as if I'm, you know, the right. prime minister of Canada and everybody's reading my every word. Like, the, the, right. you know, the Chinese government might think I want to go to war if I, you know, yeah. versus that, right? And, right. Like, we're looking to you for cues of safety, too. and, and It's a back, it's, yeah, it's a cycle yeah. there, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in my application, I was really trying to at first, you know, understood what happened to me, but then, you know, trying to just step into the model and recognize what does the model teach us about human behavior and that allowed me to step into their shoes, which realized, oh, gee, if, you know, 
And this actually, and another example actually happened at an externship. And I, you know, I tend to have a big mouth. It comes from a good place, but I like to volunteer unsolicited information because, you know, EFT is the gospel and I love to spread the word. And you're super you know, excited. You're engaged, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's not always wanted. And, you know, I, I got the look from I'm a sorry. trainer. I thought I had my phone off. My apologies. <laughs> you're fine. So, you know, I got the look from a trainer at one point and I was like, oh, shoot, you know, I felt terrible and I felt all this shame, like, oh, I did a really bad thing. And then I realized, wait a second, this where I, again, I stepped into the trainer's shoes and thought, well, gee, if I was up there as the expert and I had somebody offering this, maybe it could sound like, oh, trainer, you don't know really what you're talking about. I know better. Let me stick my big foot in there. And I realized, oh gee, I could be sending a danger signal to whether it's my supervisor or my trainer. Wow, they actually need to feel safe from us, too. Right, that it's reciprocal. Wow. It's got a recipro yes. reciprocity to it, right? Yes. And, and, and we can misread cues. So they, they, you may not have been sending a threat signal, but it was read as a threat signal and vice versa, you know, to give yeah. that grace. This is what I think you're saying. I call it like the grace of, Mm -hmm. EFT, which it comes, it's that combination of the humanistic element, mm -hmm. you know, that people are doing the best they can with what they know, and everyone has raw spots and signature mm -hmm. themes and sensitivities. Yeah. And just because I'm a trainer or a supervisor or been in the EFT community for six years and you've just shown up for your first meeting, you know, we, we all have these things, and there's nothing in EFT that's gonna sort of get rid of them, you know. We become hopefully better able to pay attention, to, to mm -hmm. sit in our initial reactivity, to share, to get support, to feel secure. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the, the blessing of it, right? Yes. And, and um, so I think also the grace of EFT that comes from the systemic contextual mm -hmm. remembering, you know, that person's got their own pressures and things and they've got their own, mm -hmm. everybody carries an equal burden and struggle and the trainer struggle or the supervisor struggle or the certified therapist struggle or the brand new i'm the i'm the only you know african-american in this externship and i don't know and i feel welcome but there's no mention of skin color and i don't know if i could ask about it and oh somebody just came up and said i'm really so glad you're here and i just want you to know as a trainer if i if I engage in anything that feels, um, you know, like dismissive of your experience and stuff, I want you to be able to say something to me, you know, et cetera. Like, like, oh, and I relax a little bit or something. So this grace of that you're giving of, they're just a person too, and we all have these roles and responsibilities, and they could get threatened too. That's yeah. I, I like that. It, that's a nice. That's really quite you know, powerful application of the model. And then you bring up a really good point, which is the other half of that. And some supervisors or mentors or trainers are really good at, at opening that door and saying, hey, there's an invitation there that if I've dismissed or, or sent a threat cue in some way, I hope you feel safe talking to me about it, which community, I hope that I've built that with all of you too. Um, but, you know, the other step is if the if that person hasn't necessarily opened that door or 
you know, there's been a danger cue that does feel really painful. How do we approach our supervisor or our colleague or our trainer and say, hey, Oh, that's powerful. You know, that's a great question. I want to say, you know, I, 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 you know, in prideful moments, I, I, because I have, I've, I've spent a lot of time um, from very early on. I, I think we talked about this when we were talking about working with um, marginalized populations in another talk, right? That um, somewhere, you know, I'm, I remember when, uh, so long story short, my parents divorced. Uh, um, when, and I moved uh, between the summer between eighth grade and ninth grade, and I moved from a predominantly white uh, West Lafayette, Indiana, Purdue University, to Lima, Ohio, which was about thirty-five percent African American and sixty percent white, and a, a small Hispanic population back in the seventies. And I, I just had this conscious awareness is probably, you know, I'm also growing, growing up hearing like Dr. King on TV and stuff, the civil rights movement. And, and I started thinking even at a young age about, you know, how much of my experience has to do that I'm white and I'm a male and I'm, I'm tall rather than short, but I'm skinny and I have buck teeth, you know, I don't have braces yet. And there's all these things that like, I don't know why, but I just had this sort of anthropological, social, weird awareness, you know, and some of my friends would talk to me about it and others would be like, you're nuts, we're just people. Um, and, and I think, so I kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll pride myself on, oh, I want to open all these invitations and I'll feel like I'm really trying to open invitations and then I fail, you know, and I don't, or I don't do it adequately or I don't come back to it, or I, I did it in the last three trainings and I'm kind of not conscious of it at this training. And I can tell you that, that honestly, the, some of the most painful experiences I have as a trainer is when I realized I didn't didn't make it you know I didn't make enough invitations for people that are maybe dealing with trauma I didn't mm -hmm. make enough invitations around can we talk about aspects of, of being female in this world or I, I didn't make it safe enough for maybe trans or whatever that is you know these things that like because and so I think that the trainers this is, we, we all want to be welcoming and inclusive and, and respect these things. And so the first thing I would say, and I'm gonna build off what you said, I would give the grace. I was just with all my buddies um, in Ottawa, just came home late last night, and um, I'm thinking of all of these folks, you know, and so what I would say that specific to the EFT community, um, the grace of saying, look, I. I'm going to assume that this person that I'm that I'm feeling a struggle with, I'm not sure I've got an invitation. They wanted to give an invitation to, to like assume that maybe they just missed it or they just it's maybe it's not a thing that they put as much thought into because see, I think the other so they tend to approach in a way that's personal, personable, and and soft. You know, make your protest if you need to, but make the protest. You know reasonable to the situation and the relationship you have which is where i start thinking about like efft might be more useful sometimes in these circumstances than eft because it that presumes an intimacy that we don't have with each other in these situations right and yeah. and to trust and also i mean i hope this is useful but the other thing i think about is you know trainers and supervisors are sh trying to share in understanding of emotionally focused therapy. 
which has cultural and contextual factors in it, right? And we're growing in this. We're, we're, it's sort of like EFT has been around long enough to sort of have these like, you know, th second and third layer of, 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 of writings and um, research that can start to come along around, you know, how can we apply EFT differently in this culture versus this culture or with, you know, in gain a relationship is what's different in the same or what's different in the same in a lesbian relationship. And um, that we as trainers are, we, we're not, we're not coming in as experts. Some have it, some have, but we're not coming in as experts on things like diversity and cultural competence and social justice. We're coming in an investment in EFT. But the stance of the organization, and it's in that first statement at the externship on that slide, you know, that we're welcoming of all. Um, we want to embrace all, and, and so I think that's the other well, piece of advice. I think part well, of it, too, is sometimes, like, people, even with the best intentions, don't realize that they're sort of giving that closed for business sign or that, you uh, know, bug off, bugger off kind of, uh, you know, look. Well, let's take that out of like specifically trainers and stuff because it'll kick up my loyalty, you know. And then I mm -hmm. so just in general talk about it, right? That like yeah, yeah, general, like you know, if what like, you do you in know, your professional life, you know, or right. personal life, when you're trying to show up from this vulnerability place mm -hmm. and say like, "Hey, what's really happening here?" or "Ouch," mm -hmm. or yeah, yeah, to say like, "Hey, that felt really doesn't. critical and that really hurt," and Say that how again. To, how, to, how to even come to that person, whether it's your supervisor or a trainer or whoever, and say, hey, that a felt really critical to me and that really hurts. Can we have a conversation about it? You know, right. it doesn't always feel like the easiest thing to do, especially if they are in a position of authority. Like if they are your supervisor or a trainer, it feels a little more daunting, even though, you know, I hear you saying that, you know, trainers and supervisors were all people too. You know, and we want to be open, but sometimes, you know, I think a lot of us like to think we've done all the work, but sometimes it's clear not all of us You're have all done works all the in work. progress. Well, that brings yes. me back to, too to my recovery self, you know, and my just that sense of um, you know, progress over perfection. We're all works in yeah. progress. Well, let me, I don't want to sit and slow down for a moment about that because maybe that's the most just exploring this in a quality way, maybe. Maybe we'll have another conversation about other aspects of this is um, I think sometimes the maybe emotionally focused family therapy would be more useful in these situations because it brings into play, you know, that maybe the relationship is reciprocal, but not necessarily mutual or equal, you know, that there's like a right. father or a mother has a different mm -hmm. place or a grandparent or an aunt and uncle and big brother versus big sister versus middle child. And um, that, that, um, that we've, we somehow like, um, yeah, have, like you that, know, that, that we all think about where am I in the system? Right. You know? and, right. and maybe we look at that person walking into, you know, near Las Vegas community that, that you, such a key part of developing right that so maybe as a leader you're thinking you're looking around the room at these people coming into the externship and saying who's who may who looks vulnerable you know who may be vulnerable just looking at the situation you know that like yeah if I'm, I'm i walk into the room and there's three latino people and 38 white people 
I mean, maybe I, should, I want to raise my awareness that that could or could not be, um, you know, a threat signal or uncomfortable or something for those people mm-hmm. or who look shy. I mean, look, if you're a more extroverted person that will get vulnerable and share, is it much different? And it's a different experience at an externship or core skills than if you're a very shy, introverted person. Maybe same for trainers. Maybe that's part of it, you know. Maybe this trainer at this point, you know, maybe at a break, coming up to somebody at a break and saying, I just want to tell you that that look you gave me, I got triggered, or that comment you made, it offended me. It's maybe like, let's just stop for a moment. And maybe it's something like at the end of the day or the next morning to say, at some point, I would really like to process something with you. And I don't know if, you know, we can do it right now. Maybe it's something we schedule. Or, or, you know, I want to process something with you and I want to tell you if I don't process it with you, it's going to be difficult to stay present with you, you know, as a trainer, which might be a really, you know, kind of a, and in what situation are you in? If you're in an externship or a, you know, mm-hmm. class with 90 people in it versus a core skills, like then maybe we, we all sort of share some mutual responsibility for looking at those factors. But also I think sometimes it's, it is like, um, Maybe people's first response is they're overwhelmed too. I really have really been, I'm so, I so appreciate the people in my work life and personal life who've pushed past my first defensiveness or denial or, you know, I, I, I went like, you know, no, I didn't do anything. I don't know what you're talking about or I'm busy and came back a second time and said, look, this is important to me and I want to have a good collegial or a good, mutual working relationship or a good friendship or my wife, you know, all these different levels of maybe it takes a second or third time. And then I also think, you know, that in EFT, we're trying to help people share these things softer. Mm -hmm. The other is, you know. Yeah. So don't come at them with guns blazing, right? You did this to me. How could you? Yeah. And attacking their character, you know, making, I mean, I've had people in my life and I'll say a little before the FT world. So it's like, you know, it's an administrator and a supervisor in places like Denver Children's Home and the Tennyson Center. Um, It's a really awful thing when somebody comes at you, you're trying to figure out what did I do? I want to know what felt like sexist to you or felt racist to you or dismissive to you or, uh, I stigmatized you or I labeled you or I ignored you or whatever that thing is. And I'm wanting to like sort of what I want to lean into it. And as I'm leaning into it, the person's telling me about who I am. The person's saying, and you are this and you think this way and you're like this. And it's like, Hey, if we shoot bullets at each other, mm-hmm. we shoot bullets at that person. And then, you know, maybe you're going to get armor back or you're gonna get yeah yeah, like we let's all just sort of take a breath these are professional relationships right right Uh, i remember i used to i used with with my teams a book called breakthrough teamwork um back in the 90s and early 2000s before i left administration work and um in breakthrough teamwork in a work setting anger was just direct expression of anger and using anger to communicate we just said you don't get to come to like Denver Family Institute and yell at each other you don't get to come to the Tennyson Center and yell at each other and so maybe we have to do that too and I think this is a point I want to make for myself and I think sometimes it's like we want to operate the values of EFT yeah but it's it's 
we can't, we, we need some support. And I'm just thinking out loud about this myself as I've been preparing for a talk. We need some supporting ideas for maybe sort of like business relationship, professional world stuff that right. what's different and similar, right? We're all vulnerable in this. We have raw spots. We want to have bonds with each other. And that's why I think the EFFT maybe is a transitional thing to think about that we have the idea of like, you know, Gail and Jim Furrow and Lisa and George, they keep pointing out that even the bonding events don't have the, typically often, they, they can be very intimate, but they often don't have the sort of intense intimacy of the bonding event of a couple, right? Right. And and maybe it's, it's sort of remembering that, um, that, 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 that there's still an attachment need there like it could be you're my mentor and I really want to be accepted and respected by you like I know my role like my role in in our dynamic I know my place and I know your place but still need to feel safe and that felt really terrible and I felt like this person I admire the most just sort of gave me this rejection signal right, right. and then there if it's literally your mentor like you're supervising me or you're you're mentoring me in the community or something versus I'm I come in and I'm taking a class from you and then I'm gonna go back you know and I might you know yeah. this is sort of but but I do think you know we all have a responsibility in this I guess is what I'm saying and, yeah. and mine and, and I also think personally I've always thought you, you know I used to consult a, a, a high school Shining Mountain in, in Boulder and I, I consulted there for 16 years. And one of the things that they, they said, Jim, remember Jim's rule? And I was like, I think I probably learned it from somebody else, but hi, the hierarchical difference comes out when there's conflict. Right. You know, the informal power and stuff comes out and, and you know, and I, and, and I, have, I, I want to take responsibility you know, for my part yeah. in things. And, but well, also- Really, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I just think I, I'm thinking about this, you know, um, I think I want to sort of go philosophical or meta to it around this question maybe we have to ask well, ourselves about. I think what it sort of sounds like you're saying in some ways is that, you know, to really embody, embody the model and the core values of that and attachment really means you know, again, continuing to make sure that we know ourselves where where we are in terms of building safety with others. Um, True. That, you know, even when we're in a mentor, mentee, supervisor, supervisee, you know, that, that the mentors and supervisors or trainers aren't immune to humanness and they certainly get danger cues and respond to those, but it's also equally vulnerable to approach somebody no matter how how safe they are, you know, who's in a peer dynamic or a um, sort of a power differential where you're, you know, someone in authority and I'm below you in the spectrum um, to be able to say, hey, I didn't feel quite safe there. You know, can we have a conversation about that? And I love how you said, suggested, you know, can we process something together? You know, and, and I think always with our couples, even though, um, even though it's a little bit different, you know, between couples versus, you know, like what you, what you said with families, and we're all looking for that safety and um, being able, like what we teach our couples too is 
you know, how to check it out with each other, right? This is sort of how I read that. That's sort of the signal I got. Did I get that right? Did I miss something, you know, kind of with that, you know, softer approach versus guns blazing, you know, and poking and protesting. Right, right. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a complicated thing because even as I'm sitting here, I find the part of me that starts to go, no, wait, you're an EFT trainer and just like the supervisors and certified therapists, you you said that you'll, you want to live these values. And, and then as a trainer, I'm sort of, I'm an official representative of ICEPT, you know, and am I, and am I speaking ICEPT policy right now, right? So it brings in like this line between what's personal, um, Jim, what Jim Thomas, you know, this person with this name, Jim Thomas believes, and what does Jim Thomas therapist believe? What is Jim Thomas who's supervised and done clinical supervision and administrative supervision and things believe what does Jim Thomas the trainer believe what do my colleagues believe and I think there's this this part of it right that it's these are professional relationships that often feel very much like family or you know and close friendships and some of them are right so we do get these relationships and I often kind of think of some of my um, mentors sort of like my parents you know like my very first supervisor it's like my parents in this way like a mother hen or something, and I so much want to be respected by them and get their stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah. Doing it, right? Right, so like me, if I, you know, if I, mm-hmm. if like Sue says, you know, really nice or something. I mean, I remember once when I had written this article about Lean In and Linger, and, and somebody went to like San Francisco and saw Sue, and it was shortly after it got published in the newspaper, and they said, Sue said, Jim Thomas has this lovely idea that Alina and Linger, you know, and, oh, you know, I got all the like <laughs> oxytocin and vasopressin, my insulin warmed up. I'm like, yay, you know, and after Sue goes, Jim, I'm not like, sure about this, you know. You know, if Sue can, you know, soothe me and then Sue can scare me. And and if a trainer yeah. can soothe me, they can, and, and I got it, I mean, humbly, you know, I, I could list, you know, I, I, I want to be somebody that you can come to and say, can I check this out? I want you to be somebody that can come to me and say, I didn't like that, that, that triggered me. I want you to be someone who can say, um, you could give me feedback and say, I think you're getting a pattern and you kind of push people away or you're too hard on people or you're, you know, and I know that in this journey, in my, you know, 32 year, you know, 32 year journey as a therapist, I've, I've tried to, I've, I've developed relationships with a lot of different people along the way, and I've healed some breaches, you know, that, and those are some of the best moments in my career. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and there's ones I haven't healed. There's ones I don't even know about. Yeah. You know, the, the people maybe just sort of say, oh, you remember when Jim did that, and there's ones I tried to heal and, or I couldn't repair the damage. And then I think we all carry these things around, and, but, it's, but what I want to come back to is this reminder that these are professional relationships. We, were, we, we kind of went down more of the, the route of mm-hmm. professional, you know, what a professional relationship looks like and how can we apply EFT and EFIT and EFFT and humanism and systems thinking into our professional right. relationships. And, well, it's really like self of the therapist in the world 
even as we're in the work world, I think is what we're yeah, yeah. Well, even still, you know, because a lot of us, especially in the EFT family, there's a lot of nepotism, right? We we tend to stick close and even socialize with other EFTers because we, I think, we just feel a form of acceptance with EFT other EFTers that we don't. Yeah, it's a concept. You know, I've been reading about a lot homogeneity that we we have a tendency as as a human to hang around with like-minded or similar. So, so even though it may not be in the office, we could still be socializing with a colleague. And one of the greatest examples where this also pinged, and you mentioned, you know, you brought up something similar earlier, which I thought was really good, is like, you know, if we're on Facebook, and this this is something oh, yeah. that, oh that even gosh. you and I have worked through, but it, it, it actually brought me really close to another um, EFT trainer where, you know, we were socializing on Facebook about having different political views and of course you know how heated and passionate those things can be and our amygdalas are firing off and we're like oh my god danger and you know feeling like judged and evaluated you know and it can feel very different you know we don't realize that even when we're socializing on Facebook with people who are mentors or supervisors that we're still watching and we're still looking and we're looking like, oh, are the content of your post like that feels real judgy. And I feel like that could be a slam against me. And hey, you're supposed to be safe and not be doing that kind of stuff. Where does that show up in here? You know? Yeah, I think that's a brilliant transition, you know, to go from the professional world of like EFT communities and trainings and these mm -hmm. kind of my work world experience and stuff where, mm -hmm. you know, and there's sometimes people become really close friends and become mm -hmm. part of our family. Mm -hmm. But I think it's good to remind ourselves we're not family and friends generally. We're in this professional, supportive, mentoring, training relationship. And I think some of the ideas of EFT can't directly apply. We have to get contextual a little bit and put it in perspective. But now you're, you're transitioning to this talk about like, how can we be out in the social world and the political world? And what does it mean? And, you know, like APA is written some stuff about this of like what's the responsibility for example of a psychologist right to can you just go on social media and be yourself or because then your clients could go see yourself and if, if I'm like if I want to canvas in my neighborhood for an issue like you know let's um let's build them all I think it's good for business versus let's not tear down those trees it's that would you know and it's an issue you know do we build a mall here or a shopping center or do we keep the trees and an argument can be made for both and eft in and of itself does not have a view about whether there should be trees or a shopping mall That's here right, right? but but if i knock on the door i knock on the door and my client answers the door i didn't know they lived there that's a different thing isn't it if my client he's right. posed because i made them public on social media well, and I think where this intersects too in the professional world is, you know, as they say, you know, when we're practicing what we preach that you don't, attachment is never ending and attachment relationships don't stop just because you change settings, just because you're no longer in the office and you're not at a training, you're still interacting with people. And I guess it's sort of that intersection of, you know, if we're supposed to embody this, shouldn't that also show up naturally in the way that we even post you know things like on facebook you know when we're getting ready to you know maybe poke and jab at concepts or things that we don't agree with right. you know which there's something that we're all passionate about you know and you know what what was really helpful for me is is 
you know, um, I found a couple of different EFTers that I'm friends and, and guys, sometimes this is why I'm careful about who I also let on my Facebook because I do like to do posts that are more personal and I don't know if everyone's like going to agree with that and I don't want to be rejected and I don't want them to feel unsafe. But, you know, me and another EFT trainer were on the same post and things got kind of heated and we were able to like apply EFT and talk about like my amygdala's firing off. Oh, you know, cool, you, cool. Is That's this what you're saying? Lovely. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. we're checking it out with each other. And then we, we were able to have a more communication offline and talk about like, this is what was coming up for me. And this triggered all of my past trauma. And these are the trauma that I had. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had some similar trauma. And, that's you know, quite, and then, that's, that's you know, beautiful. Yeah. So we went from having this polar opposite political view and things getting really heated to working through the process and other people were witnessing this and they're like, man, I wish more people could like solve their problems this way. That would be nice. That'd be like Bill Doherty, you know, who does the, get the, get some people from this side and that side together for the weekend and let's remember our shared, uh, you know, humanity. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we were, we were able to take it offline and be more vulnerable and be like fast friends, you know, and now we're BFFs, <laughs> you know, so it was really I like awesome. That. Well, and, we need more of that in our world, right? But it's an yeah. interesting concept. You said attachment, you know, this relationship never ends. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that, so if you're an attachment therapist or theorist, then when you're Those posting, values, you're posting on, in us, yeah, you're posting you, a, on your personal, you know, sort mm-hmm. of social media, yeah, it up, and you say, like if we know attacking, is I am, I am, I am in favor of X, and I'm really struggling with people that are in favor of Y right now, and here's why, right, that I have, I have a responsibility that that could be triggery. Well, sort of like, you know, sometimes we can fall into assuming we know where other people stand because they may believe something that they Oh, like other country, the United States, and and it's happening in other countries to various degrees. This is like this thing about hostile attribution, right? If you're on the other mm -hmm. side of the political aisle, I assume you're out to destroy. And Mm -hmm. and then the angel attribution that Mm -hmm. on our side, Mm -hmm. we're we're doing the right thing. Boy, that is so similar to you know, couples when they get in a real bad way, right? Right, that's right, that's right. So being able, to, you know, to feel like, hey, like, you know, I feel like, you know, that post is attacking me. Like I fit into this other side and that's not really where my heart is. And one of the ways that I've learned to sort of overcome this with people is to really see where their heart is at. You oh, know, that's, I think yeah. that's sort of what, what EFT teaches is that at the end of the day, look at where a person's heart is at. Their strategies may not be effective in right. that or getting them there. You know, yeah. attacking or calling everybody racist or this or that or the other is not necessarily going to build connection and help us come together as humanity. But or vice versa, you know, yeah, saying that, right. they, that um, liberals want to take everybody's money and turn us into communist Soviet Union or something. It's just like. Right. Like, right. why, why are we going to such extremes with each other? Yeah. That polarization, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and it's not fun, you know, posting things about where my heart is and then have being called like a Russian troll and that kind of stuff. It's like, you don't even know where my heart is. Like, you haven't even had a conversation with me. So right. I've learned, you know, just to really slow it down. And, you know, because again, these. 
Yeah, you're passionate I mean, about this, right? You're, yeah. you're wanting well, to do something BFT different. Is, as my religion and attachment, mm -hmm. it's like these values don't just leave just because we're right. not in the therapy room. It's like if that's who we are and we really embody and it is firmly a part of us as we love to throw around and say at trainings, then it truly should be in all parts that we do. So I've been trying to think about that even as I approach like, you know, Facebook posts. And it's easy to make off the cuff jokes and, you know, but someone not- And as you operationalize this in the real world, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna right. hear what you're saying is sort of like we, we, we you're, you're sort of like channeling um, like Fred Rogers, you know, Mr. Rogers, who, mm -hmm. who I want to see something, find something I like in each person I meet and I'm gonna say that right. to them. And, um, I want to trust that people are doing the best they can and have good intentions. I want to yeah. you know, give people the benefit of the doubt and let's try to get to the heart of the matter with each other. That's right. And that's what EFT does is gets to the heart of the matter. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I may not agree with your strategy to get from point A to point B, but if both of us have it in our heart that we, that we both agree on point B, then why do I want to go to war with you and demonize you about the strategy? <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and I do think there's some, thing that we're, we're all still learning. So let's apply that to, to how does this happen out there in social media, right? Let's apply our, get, put Fred Rogers hat on and apply like EFT. And I, I can just picture like, I could picture him if he was still alive and experiencing this maybe saying on a, you know, talk show or something. Um, mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think, I think kind of Bell that perhaps when we're on our computers, we forget it's, people on the other side as we type the words you know you could just sort of hear him saying that there's something happening here that our emotional brains and our intellects haven't caught up with there's something about that we we say things and i'm i'm 100 you know guilty of getting into like arguments with people on facebook um and, and going back and forth around, you know, and throw, you know, and here's a, I have a fact and your fact isn't a fact and, and doing it in a way that if we were at a coffee shop talking about it, I probably wouldn't be. So, so I do think that's something we're all learning about. And, and I think too, if there were such clear cut facts, we wouldn't be so divided because there's multiple ways to skin a cat and one way is not right. necessarily wrong or right, but there's emotional parts to this, and I think that's why it gets so heated, is just we... Right, see, but I think now we're moving... See, this is the part. This is, a, I think, the, the question or challenge that I have for all this is it's sort of... Uh, there, there's, other, there's other parts of life. Um, attachment is central. Attachment is important. And attachment to my, you know family and friends, my attachment to uh, my next circle, attachment to the people that I'm closest to in, in the OT world, you know, start to go out. And, um, and yes, I want, I, I like that. I like your call to action that we, we embody this in our lives. And my heart, but when I listen to my heart says, mm -hmm. You know, there's certain things, you know, if I brought content into it, you, you know, I said something like I started to talk about climate science, and global warming and science there's science right and it's like i think we we don't we somewhere we no longer we don't have any fact base we don't we don't trust policy analysis about an environmental risk anymore we don't trust 
mm-hmm. economists. We don't trust people in Congress. We don't trust. And we don't know who to trust or how to trust. trust. And, you know, probably the Russian troll thing comes from because, mm-hmm. you know, people, people do troll out in social media. They troll, they, they want a reaction. They get some pleasure from getting an argument going. And mm-hmm. there is vested interest in, you know, getting us screwed up. I mean, I, I, there's this, yeah. I heard this Google ethicist who talked about, you know, businesses make money out of getting us fired up. You know, it's yeah. an old joke in the Howard Stern movie where the guy comes in and says, oh, we figured out Howard's loyal listeners only listen for 22 minutes. And the guy that wants him out goes like, well, that's terrible. And and seventy percent of the listeners hate Howard, and and he goes, "See, we got to get rid of you, Howard." And then he says, "And the people that hate Howard listen for two hours because their amygdals are fired up, and they're like, I can't believe how offensive this guy is,' you know." Yes. And there's yeah. there's bigger things happening here in this polarization, and this goes outside. Then there's similarities, DFT, but now we're going into sociology, we're going into big data, right. we're going into. EFT and attachment teaches us how to build connection. And if the antidote to this connection with, with humanness in general would be connection. So it's, you know, how to use the strategies and step inside the model when we're just trying to build connection with other humans, even if we're not in a direct attachment relationship with them. Uh, Exactly. Yes, I agree. And I think that in social media, this is complicated, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's, 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 um, there's forces at work, you know, to like, there's yes. algorithms. Algorithms yes. are human. Yes, that's right. right. That's yeah. right. They try to override our humanness to provoke some right. of the worst and, and parts. The so. fact that I'm on my phone and I'm mentioning something like I had to get a window fan. I'm, I'm, I've got my phone with yeah. me and I don't type in a search for window fan, but window fans show up on my Facebook feed the right. next day. And like, right. we're all caught up in a lot of stuff. So I agree with you. And, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a tricky thing. I think when we start to apply EFT to politics, mm-hmm. it gets difficult, you know, attachment to the political world. And or just I anything that's, you know, where two people just disagree, come together, you know, because we see that in our couples all the time. As they yeah, I absolutely agree with what you're saying about that. Very like, different I, perspectives. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love your story about how you, you, you resolved that. I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, and I just, I sort of view the, the, the political thing just as the content issue, you know, it's, you know, our couples come in and they come from two very different perspectives and we're trying to teach two different perspectives, two different opinions to come right. on and still build connections. So if we can do that in our office, then surely the world can be a better place if we could learn how to do that with just other humans, regardless of how deep or intense our attachment relationship may or may not be with them, right? Right, I think for dyadic community, communication or maybe if you're in a group and you're trying to talk something political but you know the root of the board politics is about power mm-hmm. and it, and you know political who gets elected and who decides things has real impact for various people and I think this is a mm-hmm. sticky wicket to yeah to go into does does EFT imply things around things like social justice and and what is justice and who decides social justice and i don't necessarily take it that far i just sort of use the principles as how to you know in the process of how to relate and bring together 
and just be tolerant and practice, you know, being with somebody that may come from a very different perspective. And that yeah, that's it. absolutely. I exactly. yeah. That's where I'm really bringing EFT into it is, is how to just yeah. build connection with other people in a way right. that, that builds connection between our humanness rather than getting caught on the content area where we could disagree all day long. Right. I think what you're getting at is like Roger Ebert, the movie critic who said empathy is the root of civilization. Right? Yeah. And when we yeah. lose empathy, we, we go barbarian pretty quick, you know, we, that's we, right. That's right. The, or Eric Coffer, the uh, author of the true yeah. believers back in the late fifties, who said, you know, politically people move, and then they go they come around and at the bottom of the circle, left and right, the anarchists from the left and right blow things up. Right. <laughs> How can we come back and like be with each other? And and I think that's it's a, I like yeah. what you're trying to do, you know, in your yeah. own life to say, you know, even these social media relationships and stuff, yeah. I want yeah. to be living from this thing that attachment is connection. I value connection. Yeah. First and foremost. So let's, so we got to unfortunately wrap this up because I sure, got to sure. go see my client. But Time flies. Um, yeah, this is really beautiful. So I just sort of want to tie a bow on this guy. So really what we're talking about is, you know, being able to continue to check in with ourselves and the people around us is, am, am I really being authentic about providing safety if I really want to build safety with my community, with the people I supervise or mentor or train or whatever, you know, am I aware of how I might send danger cues or am I aware of how I might receive danger cues and what my response is and being able to be, you know, take the values of EFT and be in the other person's shoes and remember what we know about human behavior and what's behind triggered responses and being able to be with that person. And sometimes it, there is risk-taking, like we talk about with our couples and our families all the time, Having a, um, taking a risk to have a vulnerable and difficult conversation, checking something out and say, hey, did I read this right? I, this is sort of the signal that I got. I'm not sure if that's what you meant to send, but that was really hard for me. Can we process that? Wow. Yeah. Really, really beautiful. And whether we're doing this with our professional colleagues in the office or, you know, our trainers at training events or our supervisors or supervisees, but also out in the world when we're interfacing with people that come from a different uh, frame of reference or have a different opinion, you know, how we can still use the same, you know, foothold in the model to build connection with just humans around us. You I, know? Yeah. And I that think for me, we want to, you know, tie in the bow. I, I just, I'm glad you said that because, I think what happens when I'm with a person, this, I'm getting these direct amygdala cues and things and, and, and I'm having an emotional experience in a different way than this social media world. It's just so fiery. And um, so it's, I loved your story about, you know, going in and working through it with a person. Um, and maybe that's something we have to say to ourselves is, you know, out here in this social media world, we, we, people are still having these amygdala reactive responses. Right, and right. I do much better with it, even if I'm just sitting at Denny's and the counter and the person next to me says, right. no, they didn't really land on the moon. And that was fake. Right. I can have a conversation, you know, in a different right. way. I'm online and somebody goes, you're an idiot. You think they actually land on the moon, don't you? Right, like, right. Oh, 
you know, and I'm in this sort of like debate mode. That's right. That's right. And even we're still friends with our colleagues on Facebook. And when we post things, we're still looking to our mentors and our supervisors and whoever for yeah. signals of safety, even as we talk about human right. you know, issues that are fundamentally human, you know, forget yeah. political, they're just fundamentally human. Yes, know? yes, so yes. It's just our, about using EFT to show up for our humanness across yeah. the board. So, so Jeff, you're amazing. I guess for you, you should have Bill Doherty on. We will email. Right, right. I'll we'll talk about what he's been doing in these weekends. I think it'd be a nice follow-up. I'll have, I'll have to look into that. Um, so if you can go ahead and just um, help us tell everyone where they can find you, what trainings you have. Um, JimThomas.care is probably the easiest to remember. I love the .care because JimThomas.com has not been available for years and I'm not paying $8,000 for it. Um, uh, be in um, October in Boston doing the externship, early October. I'm excited about that. Um, I have been doing these wonderful, very small externships for um, just treatment professionals working in residential or wilderness addictions programs uh, and, and doing the externship for them. So if you're interested in that, I have one of those coming up in October. Just email me. But it's very strict that you must be in a residential program working. Um, and and are all your trainings listed on your website? Yeah, in Edmonton in November, and I'm still loving doing couples intensives and family therapy intensives and work at one or one couple at a time coming here to Lakewood and working for two or three days. So those are my, probably the biggest Perfect. things that are alive for me. Excellent. And I'm going to make sure that we put a link to your website in the description for this video. So jimthomas.care, guys. And and Jim Thomas is fabulous, and he'll come to your area um, oh, and do trainings. So definitely email him, get in touch with him, follow him, go attend one of his trainings. They're spectacular. Um, and make sure, guys, if you haven't checked out the other couple videos that Jim and I have done together on my channel, um, we talked about using EFT in agency settings, um, and we've talked about using empathy and curiosity in EFT, and we're already brainstorming some other future topics. So make sure, guys, that you check those out and hit subscribe because new episodes are on the way. Thanks for having me, and thanks you all for listening. Thank you, everyone. Uh...